Welcome to the Southridge Church Podcast. This week's awesome message will start in a few seconds. But first, we want you to stay connected with us. You can find us on sanjose.cc or subscribe to the podcast. Wow, powerful, powerful. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. There's a running theme throughout the songs this morning as we worship. It's trusting God. We can't see it. We trust God. Thank you so much for standing. God bless you. You may be seated. Today's a wonderful day. Thank you, worship team. Can we just thank the worship team one more time? Just what a blessing in the ministry of just worshiping. And it's a, a lot goes into it. We're so grateful for the team that God's given us. Welcome to Southridge. We are honored and thrilled that you are here this is your first time at Southridge, we hope that you are greeted and you're welcomed here. We're glad that you're here. On your way in, you received a invitation along with a invite card, a connect card. We'd love for you to fill out that card. And when we receive the offering at the end of the service, you can drop that card in the offering or you could take it to our connect tent where we have a gift for you that we'd like to give to you. So we want to invite you to be a part of our church family. We're glad and thankful that you're here as well as we have a church app that I would love for you to take a moment and download. Uh, I did not have a pen on me, but I wanted to take notes because the sermon was just so good. And uh, the the app, I believe we have a slide of it. If it's not in there, that's, that's my bad. But I believe we have a QR code. You can scan it. And you could download the Southridge Church app. You say, why would you want to download it? Because it had the sermon notes in it. And uh, the way the app works, you just click on it. And it fills it in for you. You don't even have to type. Okay? You could just click on it. You got the notes. You can email it to somebody. You could save it to your phone so you can look at it later on during the week. And it's another way we can stay connected and involved with you. As well as today, we're going to be uh, honoring all teachers and nurses. Today is National Teacher and Nurse Appreciation Day. So we have a gift for all the teachers and nurses. So if you are a teacher or a nurse at the Connect Tent, we have a gift that we would love for you to stop by and grab one of those. As well as next Sunday is... Mother's Day. Yeah, Mother's Day is going to be really special. Uh, and so we would invite you back to be a part of Mother's Day. It's going to be a great service. And we hate to do this, moms. We hate to do this. But guys, if you pass a motorcycle in the lobby, it wasn't because I or somebody in the church didn't know where to park their motorcycle. That is the motorcycle that somebody donated to the church for the purpose of on Father's Day that that motorcycle is going to be raffled off one of you. So isn't that awesome? Yes, yes. We got some people that are excited about that. It's a nice bike. I had some people that wanted their picture taken with the bike. So I was like, all right, I, I don't know if they're already imagining winning it. You know, they're just trying to envision it, you know. Uh, but uh, Father's Day is going to be just an amazing, amazing day for all the dads. We will begin raffling and selling the raffle tickets next Sunday. Say, so sell the raffle tickets. Yeah, tickets will be about 10 bucks for a raffle ticket. And on Father's Day, you'll get a ticket for free, of course. But if you want to buy more to increase your chances, anything that comes in, we'll give that money towards the building program. So it's kind of a best of both worlds. So don't miss Father's Day. It's going to be great. Well, we've had a wonderful time of worship, and now we're going to have a wonderful time in God's Word. But to prepare our hearts, we've received from worship, and now let's ask the Holy Spirit to work in our midst. And let's join me, if you would, in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this Sunday. We pray right now that you would use this message. I know the first service was so blessed by it. The truths in your word are so powerful, so poignant. And I pray that they would be buried deep in our hearts. So deep that nothing, not the cares of this world, nothing can snatch that seed. That when the sun, with the heat, when trials come, it can't burn and scorch the young seed. 
Father, but I pray to find good earth and we would have it buried deep in our hearts and it would produce good fruit and it would grow into a strong oak tree. So take your word, God. Use your man and may you deliver the message that we need this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. All right, we have the pleasure of having Pastor Missal bring the word this morning. So can we put our hands together and welcome him to the platform? Amen. Good morning, everyone. I am so happy to be here with you guys. As Pastor Micaiah said, my name is Miss Isle, and I have the privilege of sharing the Word of God today. And uh, before we get started, I wanted to say thank you to Pastor Micaiah, Pastor Jane, uh, the staff, also for this great opportunity uh, to share. Also, my beautiful wife, who's there in the front row, always making the space to allow me to prepare for today's message. And let me tell you, this message... uh, I got so much from it as I was preparing it, and I can't wait to see what God is going to speak to you with this message. Now, with that in mind, I want you to just travel back in time a little bit. Some of the youngins in the room or some of the young folks may not relate, but uh, I don't know about you guys, but when when I was growing up, when somebody would knock on the front door it was like the Olympics in the house. Everybody was running to get the door. It's like, oh, no, 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 watch out, right? And if you had siblings, you were pushing them out the way, kicking them out the way to answer the door because you wanted to be the one to announce, hey, I'm coming in, or hey, so-and-so is here, and they brought something, right? Now, that was then. Nowadays, it's completely the opposite, right? (laughs) Somebody knocks on the door, and it becomes, it gets really quiet in the house, Right, And it's followed by a series of questions like, who did you say was coming over? Did you invite somebody? My wife tells me, look at what I'm wearing. What, what, what's going on? Right? If you're fancy, you got the ring and you're like, check the camera. Right? <laughs> or, shh, if we don't say anything, they'll leave because they don't think we're home. Right? <laughs> and the reality is that, um, or the sad part is that we've done the same thing with God. God has shown up to knock on our doors and we try to stay quiet or, or remain in the same place to avoid making contact with him. We, we don't want to get too involved or we, we just want to ignore the fact that he's even there looking for us. But the reality is that we open the door to whoever we're interested in. I'll prove it to you. I bet you if it was an Amazon package you've been waiting on, you would open that door real quick. <laughs> If it was that girlfriend or boyfriend, your spouse that you've been waiting for home or that you've been waiting for and they were bringing dinner, especially when they bring dinner, they don't, they pull up in the driveway and you hold the door open for them. Come on in, love. I've been, I've been expecting you, right? Because when you expect somebody, you're prepared to receive them. And now I want you to take, let's take that into mind when we talk about Jesus knocking at our door. And I want to look at a passage. Uh, we're going to look at a small passage. And it's in Revelations chapter 3, verse 20. Revelations chapter 3, verse 20. And if you're looking for it in your Bibles, if you get to the end and you see the map in your Bible, you went too far. Okay? It's the last book of the Bible, Revelations chapter 3, verse 20. So only the older folks laughed at that because everybody else has an iPad. So it's the last option on the books. There you go. So Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, and it reads like this. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. It says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person 
and they with me. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. I ask that you would open up our hearts and minds to receive what you have for us, Lord. Thank you for what you're going to do. In the name of Jesus, we all said, amen. amen. And be, before we dive in, I, I want to tell you more about this passage uh, because I hate to just drop you in without giving you some context, right? The gift of context gives us a better understanding of what, uh, of what the passage means. And this particular passage was written to a church in Laodicea. If that name sounds familiar, it's because a few months back, Pastor Micaiah uh, gave us a message, a really good message titled Oblivious to the Obvious. And I would highly encourage you to listen to it so you can get more out of it. But I just want to give you some of those highlights of terms or regarding this church in Laodicea that this was written to. The church in Laodicea was a place that was very wealthy and rich. So much so that the city was destroyed at one point and Rome being the powerhouse that it was, send them millions of dollars or gold, right? And to rebuild. And you know what they said? Mm -mm, we don't need your spare change. We're good. Thank you. Like that's on a whole different level, right? Because they had, there were so much wealth, right? Much like Silicon Valley, there's so much wealth here, right? And we don't say bye-bye, we always accept the grants. But what I'm trying to say is that this church in particular was really, was really well off in the area that we're in. They were also known for their doctors and especially healing with or dealing with the eyes and their black wool. So there was a lot of particular things about this city that made them wealthy and put them in the right position. The right position to look good to everyone else, to be the leading force in their industry or even the cities that were surrounding them. But here's the contrast. Although they were rich, they were spiritually poor. They were physically wealthy, but relationally malnourished. They were the church that left God outside of the church. And I don't know if that makes sense to you, but let me put it into a little bit more fun term. You ever been to a baseball game without a baseball? They're just swinging bats out here like the A's? What? That was for you, Daniel, wherever you are. I love you, brother. <laughs> right? Or ladies, you ever been to a tea party with no tea? It, it doesn't make sense. It's like, what's going on? Right. It, it doesn't fit because you're there to take something in particular or to do something in particular that involves a person of interest or an item of interest. In this case, the church is God. But as we see here in the passage, Jesus is trying to get their attention through this letter. He's saying or the letter that was written is trying to get their attention and saying, here I am. Hi. Hello. I'm knocking at the door. Why aren't you opening? If you're taking notes, which I really hope you do, I want you to write this down. Don't ignore the door. Don't ignore the door. What is it? The door is your heart. Very simple. But what happened is when you overlook or you, or you ignore the door, the bugs get in. Right? You ever seen a roach travel by itself? Absolutely not. They travel in packs. You get one, you get them all. Right? It's a full deal. Right? But when you ignore the door, the roaches of life, they're like, they become like small habits. Habits that you're okay with at first when you see one, but when it becomes repetitive, they keep on showing up, right? And here's the thing about ignoring the door. It also leaves you vulnerable for somebody to come in and do as they please through that door. 
when I was studying this, this message, I got something really interesting out of the Bible, just a little nugget. And it talks about the difference between thieves and robbers. Right now, thieves in, in the Bible, the difference is the thieves lived in the wilderness. And the reason they lived in the wilderness is because they would hijack or steal from people as they traveled from city to city. Robbers, on the other hand, they were more tactful, more creative because they would sit there and watch you. They would learn your mannerisms. They would learn what time you would get up, what, when you didn't go to the gym or when you would go to the gym. Right. They would they would pay attention and wait for the most opportune moment based on the information that they gathered from you. No. How does that translate to us today? What does that translate means if the devil can get you in your spiritual walk, he's going to get you in the one place you're most comfortable at home. And he's not going to come in through the front door. He's going to come in through the place that you are ignoring. See, the Bible says that the be alert and a sober mind uh, for your enemy. The devil prowls around like a rowing line looking for someone to devour. He is looking to take you out in the one place you are ignoring. He's looking to attack you in that place where you believe you're standing firm, right? My mom taught me this verse growing up. She said, El que se cree firme, mira que no caiga. He who believes is standing firm, be careful or watchful that you don't fall. And, and it always stuck with me because, see, a lot of times we think because we show up on Sundays, because we're here, I'm going to be just fine. I'm watching all the doors. But let me tell you, I had a manager tell me something really good. And he said, inspect what's expected. If you expect that door to be closed, you better go check it. If you expect to have a thriving relationship with God, you need to put that on check. If you expect to grow in your, in your spiritual walk, keep it in check. Inspect it. Keep up with it. See, because the areas that we ignore are the ones that the enemy is going to use to rob you of something. Whether that be your family, friends, marriage, kids. The one place where you thought you were everything. I don't have to worry about that too much because I'm okay. Or I could watch just a little bit. It's not going to affect me. Or I could have just one more drink. I'm going to be fine. See, but that's what the enemy uses to get in. He doesn't need much. He's not a gentleman like God, like we just read. He's not knocking at the door. He's trying to sneak your way, his way into your life. And the thing is, the reality is that most of us, when we deal with people, we're dealing with people's, the result of people being robbed. I'll prove it to you because I like proving stuff through the Bible. Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you, oh, you do, huh? Everything you do flows from it. See, some of us are dealing, sometimes we wonder, hey, why are they lashing out at me like that? Why are they acting that way? Something happened to them in an area they ignored in their life. Some, that's the result of you dealing with somebody else's past wounds or something that haven't healed with for completely. That's what you're dealing with. And we act the way we act because somebody got in in an area that we ignored in our lives. Let me ask you this. What did you lose by ignoring the door? What have you lost that you're still thinking about or pondering on? Let me put it to you in a different way. How did I get here? You guys ever find yourself in that stage in life? How did I get here? Here's my favorite. God, what did I do to deserve this? 
And that's hard. Because a lot of times, the majority of the time, the answer is, that's the one area you ignored. The one area you decided to overlook. And here's the thing about knocking and, and, and the house and the door. Another reason why we ignore the door is because our house is a hot mess. <laughs> Let's be real. There's a saying, uh, I don't know if you, how many of you guys have heard it. It says, uh, he who cleans his house expects visitors. Anybody ever heard that saying? Wonderful. Nobody got it here in this service. There was one person in the previous message. Sorry, I'm by myself. Right? So he who cleans his house expects guests. The opposite is also true. The opposite is also true. You don't want people coming over or you stay in silence when somebody knocks on the door because your house is tore up from the floor up. <laughs> and it's not a remodel. <laughs> right? I wrote it this way. We avoid communion because of chaos. We avoid communion because of chaos. Because the verse that we read said, I, I, here I am, I knock at the door. If, if, he, if whoever, anyone hears me, they would open up the door. I would come in and dine with them. See, Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to sit with you. But a lot of times, we don't want to let him in because of the mess that we have. There's a show that I like to watch, not because I like it per se, but just because it's so cringy. Right? It makes me a better person. What do, you, what do you mean? What show is that? Is that the Bible? Is that the Passion of the Christ? No, it's not. <laughs> it's hoarders. <laughs> Helps me throw stuff away. Like, I don't need that in my life. <laughs> and the majority of the things that happen with this show, Hoarders, is unbeknownst to all the other neighbors, from the outside, the house looks great, looks amazing. But the moment you walk in through that door, every time in the show, you're like, what in the world happened here? People can't figure out, they can't even figure out the design of the house. They're like, where's the dining room table? I don't know. It's a hot mess over there. Where, where's the bedroom? I don't know. I, I stopped seeing it two or three years ago. Where, where, where's, um, where's the restroom? I don't know. Where's the refrigerator? I think somewhere in the pile of dishes over there. And, and it, it gets me every time because I'm like, how did they get to that point? Now, here's the checkpoint for us or the relation to us. That's how some of us are spiritually, and that's why we don't want to let God into our lives. We piled up so many things that we want Jesus to come in and dine with us because we heard him knocking at the door, but we don't even know where the table is in our home. We can't find it because we've piled up stuff year after year after year. We have lack of forgiveness year after year. We keep on falling into the same old habits year after year. And we become embarrassed to let anybody in because we're ashamed of what's in there. We're ashamed of what are they going to say when they walk in? What are they going to think of me? I serve in the church. I, I, I should look proper. I should be all nicely dressed. And by the way, Ceci picked out my outfit if you like it. She, she's giving out lessons. I'm Ken. I'm, I'm her Ken. That's right. I put a ring on it. But what I'm trying, the point that I'm trying to drive home here is, God is not embarrassed by what happened to you, by what you've done, by the things you've hoarded over a lifetime, by the things you are still doing. He is still willing to knock at your door. He is still there. He's saying, here I am. I want to have dinner with you. Don't worry about the mess. You know why not to worry about the mess? Because God is a God of order. I'll prove it to you because I like proving stuff through the Bible. For, remember, we were in Revelations. Jump all the way to the beginning. Genesis chapter one. 
Real easy. Genesis chapter one, verse two, it says, the earth was formless and empty. There was nothing. Right? The, everything was mixed in. The, you couldn't tell light from night from day. There was, there was nothing there. And you're like, Messiah, but it says it's empty. You can't be a hoarder. If there's nothing to put there, there's nothing. There was no order. <laughs> but this is what I like about God. He is a God of order. And he has all authority here on earth as he does in heaven. And let me tell you, what happens next through the rest of these uh, verses in, the, in Ch- Genesis chapter 1 is that God begins to place things in order. You know the first thing that he does? He says, let there be light. And then it says, and then there was a first day there was light and then there, was day, there was night and then there was day. You know what the beauty about that is? Whenever God steps into your house, they may be clutter blocking the lights, but where God is, his light shines. So the things that were hidden are now brought out for you to actually deal with them and not show them under the carpet anymore. See, as he continues on in Genesis chapter one, he then uh, separates the water and he, he separates the land and the water. Then he, he puts trees. He, he provides all the fruits, all the veggies. He provides everything that was needed. He put it all in order. Even that mango, now that you like, that was Jesus because he provided the mangoes. Right? For the veggie fans out there, the salads that you like, that was all Jesus. <laughs> what I'm trying to say with this is the order that God brings is purposeful. Anything he does in your life, when you let him into your chaos, will be on purpose. You may not like it, but it is purposeful. What do I say that? What do I mean by that? God created the heavens and the earth. Then he placed man in it. See, God had to provide a provision for man to sustain himself. So what did he do? He gave it order. He didn't leave it all muddy. So every time Adam would walk, his shoes would be all dirty. He couldn't wear J's to be out in the garden of Eden. No. He made sure that he had a place where he had stable ground. He also had a place where he could be refreshed. You are looking for a place to be refreshed. You are looking for a place to walk on solid ground. Let me tell you, there is a God of order who's not going to let you walk through the mud. So the Bible says, although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. You know why? Because you're walking on solid ground. You may be in the valley, but it's not muddy. You may be going through a high, but let me tell you, it's clear. Why? Because the God of order, the God that we serve is a God that likes to put your worst chaos, the worst things that you could imagine. He likes to bring order in them. There's another verse that says he makes all things new. Things that you thought you could never fix, he can fix. The things that you thought he couldn't do, you couldn't do. I'm getting a little Pentecostal a little bit in here. So when I was growing up, there was a song that would say, Y cuando el pasa, todo se transforma. I can't sing. I'm just, just bear with me, right? Just, so if you don't like it, just bear with me a little bit longer. Llega la alegría. And what he means is, the song says, and when he shows up, all sadness is gone and joy is here. Everything that was wrong goes away. Anytime you let Jesus into your life, what you couldn't see, the joy that was lacking shows up. When, let me, let me, let me say it this way. He is Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Nisi. He, that's fancy for he's your provider. He's your strong tower and refuge. He's going to take care of you. One of my favorite passages in the Bible is when Moses is getting ready to go out to, uh, before he is sent to go deliver the people. And there's a deeper theological term for this. 
but just bear with me for the message. And I'm not, we're not going to dive into it because I know you guys want to go home and you're hungry just like me. <laughs> Moses asked God in the burning bush, he said, who do I say sent me? He says, tell them that I am sent you. I am. And I was like, hmm, my I am. I am your redeemer. I am your savior. I am the order. I am the one that you've been looking for. I am the answer. You guys are looking for answers and the answer is knocking at your door and saying, here I am. I'm right here. I'm knocking at your door. You forgot about me in the Silicon Valley because you got so busy with everything that you were doing, but I'm here. I am your I am. I am the bread of life. See, you thought Jesus was going to be DoorJazz, just show up, you give him five stars, thank you so much. No, he's going to sit there and eat with you. He's not looking to just drop off a meal. He's looking to be the bread of life now and forever. He is looking to build a relationship with you. Some of the best relationships I have have happened over meals. Because if you feed me, I'm a much happier person. (laughs) Ask my wife. So let me ask you this. What chaos, what hoarding has kept you from communion with Jesus? What have you held on to that you are embarrassed to let God into your house? And that's hard to process. Because that means we have to do some reflecting some self-inventory, and some of us have so much stuff, we don't even know where to start. We don't even know where to take the first step because, God, there's so much. There's nothing impossible for God. So what is the first step? What do I have to do? What is the first thing I have to do? What is that first thing that I can't take, the first actionable step? Well, I'm glad you asked. And for that, we have to go back to, our, to the scripture we were reading, but we're going to go a verse before. Because this is the same thing that he gave to the church in Laodicea, but they missed it in the letter. And if I could have the worship team help me, I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, Revelations chapter 3. So now flip to the other end of your Bible back again. Uh, Revelations chapter 3, verse 19. And it says, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. I don't know about you, but when my parents said they were going to discipline me, I hated it. (laughs) But they also told me how much they love me. But look how it finishes. So be earnest and say it with me. What's that last word? And what? Repent. So be earnest and repent. And I know repentance is a very churchy word that only you hear at church. I ain't never heard nobody outside of church say, I'm going to repent. Right? Well, has anybody ever heard that? I haven't. So th- shout out to Wikipedia for this great definition that I want to share with you guys. And this is what repentance is according to Wikipedia. It says, it's the activity of reviewing one's actions and feeling contrition or regret for past wrongs. Accompanied by a commitment to an actual action that shows proof and a change for the better. And I like the way that they finish the definition. It says, it is often defined as an action that turns away from self-seeking, sorry, self-serving activities, and turns to God to walk in his ways. Is recognizing that there's something wrong, 
but not only recognizing, but doing something about it. Taking the first actionable step, recognizing and saying, God, I am sorry for what I did. I need to change what I did. I'm going to turn away from this and I'm going to start following you. If you're taking notes, I wrote it this way. Repentance moves us towards righteousness. Repentance moves us towards righteousness. What is who or what is righteousness? God is righteousness. I really hope you downloaded the app. And if you're taking notes, pay attention because I'm going to drop some verses on you. There are too many to read. So I'm going to just drop them on you. And if you miss one, jump on the podcast. <laughs> jump on YouTube. Uh, God is righteous. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 confirms that God is righteous. Psalms 11.7 talks about how God is righteous. Ephesians 4, 22 through 4, verse 22 through 24 talk about God's, God's being righteous. Romans 3, chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 21 talks about God being righteous. Romans 1.17 talks about God being righteous. 1 John, because there's another John, 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. 1 John chapter 2, verse 29, all talk about how God is righteous. Why would we want to step into righteousness? See, God is holy. And because he is holy, he cannot be where sin is. Remember we said he's the light of the world. He is light. Where light is, there can't be darkness. Same thing, right? There's a comparison side by side. The church in Laodicea failed to see this. And like I said, you really have to listen to that message by Pastor Micaiah, Oblivious to the Obvious. It's so good. Thank you, Pastor Micaiah. If you get some time, jump on the podcast, on the podcast listen to it. Because in verse uh, chapter 3, verse 16, this is what they wrote to the church. They said, so then because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. He, he, he put them out because there was something in there that he could not be a part of. They were trying to play church. They were trying to have church without the person of interest. Without the reason for the season, without the main ingredient. I don't know. I never try to cook rice without rice. I make sure that when I'm having, I'm focusing on one thing, I have the main ingredient. The church was lacking that. And sadly, we become so accustomed or comfortable of being without God that when he just show up and he starts knocking on our door, we don't even recognize who he is. that's really hard it's really hard to think about that because I'm in church every Sunday Misal I'm here right now I'm listening to you ain't I mm. <laughs> sorry my bonics come out every once in a while can I give you a hard truth how sad how hard would it be that after everything you've done, you would show up to heaven and God would say, depart from me, I never knew you. See, because a lot of times we look at sin, one sin is bigger than the other. No, God likes to sin the same. We want a serious commitment out of everything in our life except for God. 
We want a strong commitment from our spouse. We want a strong commitment in our relationships. We are really interested in having a good commitment with our cell phone, our jobs, and all of it. But we don't do the same for God. The reason you have the strength to do what you're able to do is because righteousness showed up to your life and he's able to make a way for you. And he wants to have communion with you. He he wants to be able to break bread with you. But yet here you are ignoring him like the church in Laodicea. Something that I really liked, the person of interest is actually a book. And it's a study, it's a study that a gentleman did. He's a, uh, he's a cold case investigator. And when he started the process of finding out more about Jesus and why would so many radical people follow this guy, he was an atheist. When he gets to the end of the book, he's a believer. See, because something happened. See, and I like the way he pointed it out. When Christ shows up to your life, when he starts knocking on your door, and you actually let him into the chaos, all everything that's going on, your life changes. It is a mark in your timeline. I'll prove it to you. How do we measure time? Think about it. We size our watches, of course. Calendar, right? But there's also something that when we're looking back through history, in 1960 BC, BC, before Christ. When Christ showed up on the scene, he changed everything that we did. When Christ showed up, miracles happened. When Christ showed up, the blind could see. When Christ showed up, the lame could walk. When Christ showed up, people were coming out of the grave. He, what did he tell Lazarus? Come out. There's things in your life that you've been waiting for to be revived. There's things in your life that you've been blind to. There's things in your life that you have been sick because you feel like you can't walk. But if you would just allow Jesus to step into it, he is going to make them walk. He is going to make them move. He is going to bring them back. There's a timeline. There's a mark that's waiting to happen in your life. Because when Jesus shows up, everything that happens forward is completely, did I dare say radically different? If you would have met me 20 years ago, you'd be like, huh, not Messiah. But there's a timestamp in my life. There's a timestamp in my life. When I had an encounter with Jesus, I would even say a crash course. I don't know how many of you guys know this, but I actually moved, or I didn't move. I came from Florida to San Jose to help out a church. Now, I was the church in Laodicea. I was lukewarm. And what I was supposed to be a month, now going on 13, now it's been more than 13. See, you can't count either. Uh, (laughs) It's been 18 years. What do I mean by that? God pulled me out from where I was from, brought me cross country here in San Jose, California. And I had an intimate relationship dinner meeting with him. And everything in my life changed. Before I used to play church, now I can't wait to be back in church. I couldn't wait for the sermon to finish. Now I'm like, give me some more. I need more. That's what happens when you let God step in. Now, here's, here's, here's a cool part. Can we put up verses 19 and 20? Please, on chapter 3, Revelations chapter 3, verses 19 and 20. Remember I said repentance moves you to righteousness, right? 
verse 19 says, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and what? And repent. But I said repentance is the door to righteousness, isn't it? How does verse 20 start? Here I am. Oh, I I don't think you guys caught that. Repentance. And then the next part of the verse is God himself showing up to the situation repentance and see and this is why punctuation is so important see I learned Spanish before I did English so when I was reading I had to I had to understand what the different signals were because they were a little bit different in Puerto Rico we have accents right so we say como estas tu right (laughs) we have accents right but here there's an exclamation point depending on the Bible that you have some Bibles say behold meaning royalty was walking in here is the king of kings and lord of lords but here he I like this version because he says here I am I know I'm the king of kings I know I am the lord of lords but I want to meet with you and I am here knocking at your door I have shown up and I want to make a time stamp in your life but he only shows up after repentance. Verse 19 finishes with repentance. Verse 20 starts with, here I am. My knuckles hurt from knocking from both services. So I'm going to have Hexar help me do some knocking. Hexar, can you help me out? Every time you read that verse, it's exactly what it sounds like in your life. Jesus knocking at the door saying, here I am. Stop ignoring the door. Don't worry about the mess. God is knocking and he's knocking for a reason. The answer you've been looking for, the thing you've been praying for, he's knocking at your door. And he's going to do it again. And he's going to do it again. And he's going to do it again. Here's the catch though. Here I stand at the door, but you have to let him in. The person of interest wants to come in, but you have to be interested enough to open the door. Because when you open the door, righteousness walks in. Light shows up. And again, and again, and again. Says it. Stand with me, church. He's knocking.
church, he wants to have communion with you again. Come in and dine with you again. And maybe you're like, Misal, I don't even know who you're talking about. I would love to introduce you to him today. So with every head, with every eye closed and every head bowed, if that is you today, or maybe you just stepped away and you said, God, I forgot you were knocking at the door. I was me, that was me ignoring the door. If that's you, I'm just, I want to invite you back. And if that's you, just raise your hand there where you are. Amen. We see that hand. Let me tell you, that's the best decision you've made. You have taken that step. You recognize it. And righteousness is at your door. So for the sake of those that are coming to Christ for the first, I'm going to ask that we all pray together. And after we're done praying, the worship team is going to lead us in this song again. And he said, Misa, I just need prayer. We would love to have the opportunity to pray with you right up here in this front section. So let us pray. Father God, I recognize that I am a sinner. And I am repenting of my sins. I have stopped ignoring your knocking. And I'm inviting you in. Write my name in the book of life. And I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In the name above all names. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And if that's you, we would love to connect with you after the service. But right now, the worship team is going to lead us. And again, I'm going to open up the altar. We would love to pray with you. Thank you again for spending time with us today. And a special thanks to those who give generously to Southridge Church. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about Southridge, you can follow us on social media at Southridge Now. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with a friend or even take a screenshot and share it on your social story. Make sure you tag Southridge Church and let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.